All right, good morning, everyone. How are you doing? Well, I'm excited to be up here. Um, as he said, my name is Aaron, and Pastor Gary is away this weekend, and so he asked me to share. And, um, you know, we've been in the series Renewed, but, you know, God doesn't do anything by coincidence. So immediately as he told me about this opportunity, the Lord had already started downloading something in me, and it, it just, it fits to me. So anyways, it's just um, thankful for the opportunity, and um, so we're going to dive right in. The title of today's message is Letting God Out of the Box. And, you know, this is Memorial Day weekend, and I have a little uh, quote here. And so it says, only two defining forces have ever offered to die for you, Jesus Christ and the American soldier. One died for your soul, and the other one died for your freedom. So I recently started working at the VA, and I don't actively... Um, take care of veterans, but I talk to them on the phone and I get to help with their care. And in my position, I'm always thanking them. I'm thanking them like, hey, thank you for what you did. And when I say that, I'm thanking them for what they gave up, for what they left behind, for the pain and the trauma that they experienced for us. See, freedom isn't free. There's always a price to pay. We may not know what the price is, but it's always there. For our freedom in this country, there was many uh, battles and wars. There was loss of life. There was trauma that they experienced. And for our freedom in Jesus, it also cost him his life. So on this Memorial Day weekend, I want to just take a moment and thank anyone who is um, a veteran, who's active duty, anyone who is in the reserves, and anyone also we want to honor that has passed away for our freedom. And so if there's anyone here today, if you wouldn't mind standing up, we want to just honor you. We'll clap anyway. <laughs> Thank you. So like I said, for our freedom in Jesus, it cost him his life. So every Sunday, really, could be Memorial Day as we come and remember what he did for us. So like I said, for two weeks, we've been talking about the series of Renewed. And freedom and renewal go hand in hand. If you aren't free, you won't be able to be renewed. And today what we're going to talk about is how to get this freedom through inner healing. We're just going to pray before we get, uh, go further. So Lord, I just thank you for what you've already done in this service, God. For every single person seated here, Lord, I pray that you open up ears and hearts, God, to receive what you have for them today, Lord, and that people's lives will be changed when they leave here. They won't come in the same as they were. In Jesus' name, amen. So lack of inner healing and deliverance could contribute to having a hard time with your mind being renewed. Every one of us has an idea of who God is. And what he does for us. And so for this illustration, I'm going to use this box. So this box represents who God is and what he does for us. And his goal is our ultimate freedom. So you see the box is only so big. So we have some kind of limit or constraint. And so what we believe about God and what he does, like I said, has limits. 
you can't put something and something this little box, right? It won't fit. And so we want to talk about how do we expand or how do we break our box and we let God out so we could be released back into his original plan that he had for us. So you renew something when you bring it back to its original. We want to renew our minds. We want to renew, you know, all sorts of things, but that is bringing it back to its original plan. And that's his intent for you, is to restore you to the way he originally designed. So his plan was that we would be born into a wonderful family. We'd be nurtured, comforted, encouraged, loved, develop into maturity, be released out into adulthood to do our things, and to find a partner who loves the Lord. And then this whole process starts all over again. This is what Jesus paid for. But the reality is that we live in a broken world. So many of us were not brought up in this kind of environment. Rejection and abuse can happen early in our life, leading us damaged, hurt, and broken, having to figure things out on our own. But when we come into the kingdom of God or we're born again, our spirit is brought back to life immediately. However, your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, still has some things to be worked out. The title or the deed for your life was purchased, but there is still a mess inside. There's still this battle going on in our minds. So our goal as believers is to get healed and delivered for us, and then we go and make disciples. That's what Matthew 28 tells us, to go and to make disciples. And Jesus' goal is to minister healing and deliverance and, but in order to that, we need to be healed and delivered to go minister this to other people. And Jesus talks about a couple things. He talks about inner healing, physical healing, and deliverance. So Luke 4, 16 to 20. This text comes when Jesus is just beginning his ministry. He had just been baptized by John the Baptist, and he's coming back to his hometown. And it says, when he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath, and he stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll, and he found the place where this was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released and that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, and he handed it back to the attendant, and he sat down. And all eyes in the synagogue were looking at him intently. And then he began to speak and said, the scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. So, we aren't totally there yet. There are still people that are oppressed and that are not set free. There are still people bound by bondage and things of the past. The plan is complete freedom, but we still have some issues to be worked out. And so to understand what inner healing is, I have this example that I'd like to share. So I don't know how many of you are homeowners. I am. And so um, I know when I bought my house, I was really excited, like all the details were worked out, the day had finally come, 
all the papers were signed, um, all those like 60 pages of papers, they were all signed, and the, the price had been paid, and it was my house. So I have the key, and I take possession, and I go into the house. And I'm, like I said, I'm excited. I'm sure the same way you guys were. You go investigating everything. You go up to the, to the, ba- up to the roof, down to the basement, back again, and, but you find that there's dust all over. There's something in there. And what it really is, is it's infested with termites. And I possess the house because I've paid the price, but it has things inside of it that need to be dealt with. See, Christians have the same thing. We have to deal with what was in our house when Jesus took possession of it. We have been bought with a price, but we still have some mess inside. So let me ask you a question. If these termites were in your house, would you do nothing about them? Would you do something about them? Like, I don't think many of us would just want to live along with the termites or whatever other critter or thing is in there. Because before long, things will collapse. And we too will collapse if we don't get healing. But collapse for us looks like isolation looks like anger, looks like walking away from the Lord, never moving forward in your faith. And I'm sure you could fill in your own block of what that looks like for you. The second thing Jesus talked about is physical healing. There's so many miracles in there in the Bible where he talks about healing the blind and healing all their diseases and mute people speak. I mean, those are physical healings and they're miracles. And the last thing that Jesus talks about is deliverance. That's when things need to be evicted from your house. And this is where Jesus was casting out the demonic things. And we'll save all of that for another time. (laughs) But our purpose today is about inner healing. So we kind of have to backtrack. Well, where did all this stuff come from that's now in my house? Where is this stuff that has made me put God in this box? Like, what happened along the way? Because we all have ideas and limits and and thoughts about who God is and what he can do. So the things that we experience, they determine what our box is going to look like. So like I said, some of us have a box this big, and maybe some of us have a box this big. This one's pretty tiny, right? But there's some things that, these are the things that shape our box or the experiences that we've had. Hurt, trauma, and abuse. They make us think a certain way about God or about other people. And these are not truth, but they're lies from the enemy. There's also words spoken over us, like curses. You'll never succeed. You'll never be like so-and-so. Like whatever that thing is that was spoken over you unforgiveness towards others or ourselves, taking on um, unhealthy coping mechanisms to deal with the stuff is not what God intended for you also. We emotionally eat or we binge watch TV or we picked up smoking along the way just to cope with the things that kept coming at us in life. So some of us have this bigger box and some of us have this small box. But if God is in a box at all, then you can't be free because it's limiting what he can do. If you're hiding things in your box, you also can't be free. 
James 5, 16 says, therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. So what does this small box look like? We know we may have it, but what does it actually look like? Like, what are we walking around dealing with? Maybe for some of us, we're struggling with fear, anxiety, depression, anger, lust. We continue to sin in areas that we really don't want to. We have compulsions or addictions we just can't get rid of. Condemnation, complacency. You once were on fire for the Lord and now you're just cool hanging out or maybe you've already walked away. Physical illnesses that aren't healed, pain. These are the things that reveal to us that we're not free because they are fruits of a deeper root that has, that has gone inside. And Jesus didn't come for you to live life just a little bit better than you were. If you're only a little bit better, but you struggle, then you're still not free. And I heard once that the hope of the gospel is not suppression. It's not just to hold you or things down and just keep trying to shove them down. The John 10, 10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. It's not just that we would love Jesus, but we still struggle with the depression. It's not just that we would fake it here on Sunday so people think we're doing good, but we really go home and we smoke weed or we do something else that takes the edge off just to deal with the stuff of life. So what is your coping mechanism? What takes the edge off for you? Is it alcohol, a movie, social media, where we compare ourselves to someone else and then we feel better? The hope of the gospel is freedom. It is complete freedom, and it is not to suppress anything down. Jesus didn't die for us to just live this life a little bit better, that you would have this kind of fire insurance from hell, but that you would still succumb and live this mediocre life here. That is another lie. But we all have baggage, and we can't hide it. Like, I put this behind me. You still see it. It it didn't go away. But it's the great scheme of the devil to say that I don't have any baggage. I'm the only, or maybe I'm the only one with this stuff. Maybe that's not you today. Maybe you don't feel like you struggle with anything. But Jesus said in Mark 2, 17, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. And I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners. Romans 3, 10 says, not one of us is righteous, no, not one. So we're all in this. (laughs) No one is singled out. Well, whether you recognize it or not, it's there. And it can show itself by the things that trigger us. This is one of those, like, if I don't recognize it, maybe I'd ask that person to my left or right, like, what are those things? So a small box prevents you from living your God-given destiny. Hebrews 12.1 says, Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So sometimes we have this small box and we still think that we're free. We know that our life is better than it was before Jesus, right? Like 
life is totally different and it's better. But if it's still like in a box, then he's still not, you're not completely free. And I thought that I was free. So I want to share a crucial part of my story and um, how this kind of works out today and what this looks like. So have you ever had a, um, an overgrowth of something in your yard, like chives, those little onion chives like on the screen? Well, I always had them, but I guess they felt like multiplying this year. So they multiplied, and I just kept looking at them, but I wanted to deal with it, but I didn't want to deal with it, you know? They looked ugly. I really, it messed up the whole yard. They looked ugly, but I knew it was a lot of work to get rid of them. See, they had been manageable in the past. And I started to ask for some help or suggestions, um, but thought, nah, never mind, I'll just leave them. They'll, they'll probably die off or something. But how many of us do that with our hurts and our offenses, betrayal, pain? We want to deal with it, but sometimes it's easier just to ignore it, or so we think. But see, it continues to grow, and it gets bigger and bigger and more noticeable, just like my chives. One day I decided that I was going to deal with it. One option I had was to lay a blanket over it. Lay the blanket, it'll be gone. Maybe they'll just, the sun will go through and they'll just be, they'll be gone. You won't see them. If the blanket's there, it doesn't look like anything's behind it. Well, we can say that's things of our past, right? Like, yeah, that was in the past, I'm over it, it's done with. Another option, I could have weed whacked them, taken a little bit off the top, cut them down. But that just really manages our symptoms. But I knew to make sure that they were really gone, I had to get their roots out so that they couldn't come back anymore. Well, the same thing happens to us in our life. We've had things that have happened, hurts, death, loss, letdowns. We deal with it the best that we can, but it leaves its roots of bitterness, anger, we don't trust people afterwards, or unforgiveness, or you name it, whatever it has left in you. So... Once again, we pick up this luggage or we lay the blanket over something. But the reality is, because we try to act like it's not there, but the reality is that it's there and it changes you because I know it changed me. So I have served the Lord about 14 years and it wasn't until about year 10 or 11 that my box either had to just blow apart or I could have chosen for it to stay like small and closed and really that would have just stunted or stopped my growth with the Lord. So I wanna share about how God busted this box wide open and I let him out. A few years ago, I was married and my husband suddenly passed away and it rocked my whole world and my faith. I thought that I was doing fine considering the circumstances but time showed that I was really angry. I was sarcastic, unhappy. I had no joy, that I was broken, and it became evident all around. I was judgmental to people at my job. I was short-fused with coworkers, friends, and family, I'm sure. Because really I had this deep hurt down in my heart that left me with so many emotions and things I didn't know how to process. But in that place, the enemy sowed his lies lies of 
God doesn't care about me or this situation. You did all of that praying and look what happened. Questioning, how could God do this to me? But just like this baggage, it was just so heavy to keep carrying around all the time, carrying it everywhere I went. I can't even pick them up together. See, it was that heavy, I couldn't even do it. So it also affected my life, but it affected my relationship with Jesus because I was angry at him too. And that was the hardest part to admit. I had felt let down, unheard, and forgotten by him. But I know now that the enemy is a liar. Satan um, is the liar of, of all lies. John eight forty four says, when he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. And like I said, he comes only to steal, kill, and destroy us. So just like those chives, one day I decided I needed to deal with this. Enough of the pain that I was experiencing and trying to go through life with all this stuff attached to me. And I made the decision to deal with all of the roots. But healing takes humility and courage and vulnerability and it's painful. Like Pastor had shared last week about having surgery. We have surgery because something hurts. And then we have the surgery, and it still hurts, and it hurts after until that healing begins, and then it starts to get better. So what did I do? I asked a few uh, friends to pray with me. And as I, choose to, I chose to forgive and to repent, to break the lies that I was believing and to lay down all of these heavy burdens, all this baggage, like every single one of these things I'm carrying around, to lay that all down, I was just flooded with the presence of the Holy Spirit, which led to this inner healing. It wasn't a superficial or a momentary fleeting thing. I didn't walk back out of that room and say, that was really good. And then a week later, I came back for all my baggage and all of my stuff. No, I left it there with him. God was restoring me and he was putting me back together. Isaiah 61 verse one says, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. That is inner healing to me. The broken pieces of our lives, the things that are keeping us in bondage, Jesus putting them all back together so that our hearts and our, 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 our souls, everything that he died for is, is already uh, back to the original intent. The brokenness and the anger, the joylessness, it was all broken off of me and was no longer my experience, and I was no longer bound by all of this stuff. One of my favorite songs at the time, the lyrics said, when I thought I lost me, you knew where I left me. You reintroduced me to your love. You picked up all my pieces, and you put them back together. You are the defender of my heart. See, freedom is a choice, though. He already died so that you and I can be free. 
And I'd said to someone during this time, well, what if Romans 8.28 isn't true? It says that we know that for those who love God, all things work together for those who are called according to his purpose. But I thought, well, what if this doesn't work out good? Or how could this possibly work out good? And you might think that about your situation. And they said, it's only true if you don't allow yourself to be healed. So just like this house, the house we talked about, we have a lot of rooms, right? This house has lots of rooms, I'm sure. We're seeing the windows, but it's a big house. And so we go around and we shut off every door that we don't want to go back into. We don't want people to see. Maybe it's too painful. Maybe it's too messy. We don't want to face that again. Like there's many reasons that we just keep shutting these things off. But the freedom that you can, healing that you can experience won't come unless we give God permission to open up each and every one of these doors and deal with all of our hidden stuff. He won't overdo it. He won't just do it. And he won't override your free will. So I chose the painful process of healing. And I can tell you that God has worked things out for my good. There is joy in my life. There's hope. There's these things that I never thought I could experience. But if you choose to remain, that's your choice. So there's a price to pay, though, of not being free. There's a price to keeping the limits and, and the box nightly, nicely closed up and not allowing him in. You're going to forever deal with the I nevers. I'll never have enough money. I'll never succeed. I'll never forgive that person. Or the always. I'll always struggle with smoking. I'm always going to hate that. I'm always going to have this fear. This is as good as it gets. Uh, I'll just stay away from so-and-so because this is just as good as it gets. Making excuses for your sin or, or the way that we think about stuff my dad left me, so I just coped the best I could with using drugs. Blaming things on others. Being the victim. Bitterness. No purpose in our Christian walk. Lethargy. Never growing into your God-given destiny. He has a purpose and a plan for each and every one of you. And not making other disciples. Not being able to go out and to make more disciples so that there are more people that hear about Jesus, more people that get freed, more people that don't have to carry all their stuff around. But what a plan of the enemy. If that we aren't healed, we certainly can't heal anybody else. So how do we uh, break this box or get rid of this baggage? We have to reveal what's there. We have to remove it. And we have to replace it with the truth. And this freedom is available to all of us. And we all need help. We can't just do this on our own. I mean, sometimes I'm sure, but we need each other. The Bible talks about needing the body. We need to, to do this with other believers. It's like the analogy of uh, you have money in the bank. You have a million dollars in the bank. And it's yours. And you come and you say, why this money in the bank? And I say, okay, well, let's go get the money. Well, I don't know how. Okay, well, let me help you. Like, 
It's your money. It's already there. You don't have to do anything else. Like Jesus already paid. The money's in the bank. It's yours. And we just need to help one another to access it, to get what's already there for you. So we do this by asking people for prayer who are trained in inner healing. We have personal ministry, which is meeting with two uh, people, two women or two men. And we go through the things that have come up in our past, the hurts, the traumas. Uh, we have victory and freedom, which is a weekend. And those are, um, those are the places to start. And it's a safe environment. But we have to come with a transparency. We have to come honest about what's going on and humble to admit like there's work to be done. I remember like I didn't want to go to the people I went to, but I also knew like the pain of carrying around what I did was too much. So it was easier to share what I needed to share than to go on any longer carrying all of this stuff with me. We also have to obey the Lord and what he is um, and, and what he's calling us to do and obey his word. And Back to Luke 4, 18 to 19, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, and that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. We had that paper on our uh, seats from last week. You know, what is the lie that you believe? but what is the truth? And we need to declare what that truth is. There's, all, there's lies that each and every one of us believe. We are renewed as we put off the things of the past and put on the things of Christ through obedience to his word. So inner healing is a process, and it's a journey that we are all on from the time that we say yes to Jesus. So just like my story that I shared it wasn't the first day that I realized, man, I'm a mess, that I ran out and was like, oh, let me call my Christian friends. I want them to pray with me. Like, I think that was probably God's plan, but it took me a little bit of time to get there. It took me time to be humble and transparent and vulnerable and to, to also deal with that pain again. I had shut some doors in my house, and so I needed to allow him to open those doors up again. Like I said, he won't override your free will. He died for this freedom, and it cost him everything. And the enemy would love for you to sit here today and to never get free, to never live your destiny, to never make the disciples, to just carry around all this garbage with you. If the worship team could come back up. So even though this is like a, you know, a big box compared to this one, God is so much bigger than any of these boxes. But you get to make that choice whether you allow him in to stay in this box or to stay in this box with all the limits or whether you just are done with it, you know, like I'm done. I'm done with the box. I'm done limiting God. I'm done with all of that. We're going to spend a little time, like, just processing um, what the Lord is doing or what he's put on your hearts, hopefully.
but if there's anyone here today that doesn't know Jesus in this personal way, that you've never had a day in your life that you've said, yes, Jesus, I know that you died on the cross. I know that you died for me, that I wanna make you the leader of my life. I wanna surrender my life to you. And I, um, I just ask that you would be bold and to raise your hand because we wanna pray with you. We want today to be your day, that May 30th is the day when things were going this way and Jesus came and you started going this way. If that's you, I just ask you just to raise your hand. Maybe you wanna rededicate your life. Maybe you realize like, I've been walking away or I once knew him in that way she's talking about. I once was on fire for him, but, I, but some things happened and I just was not sure about God anymore. Wasn't sure if he could be trusted or whatever the thing is that landed in your heart. If that's you, then I just ask you to raise your hand so we could just pray with you as well. Someone will be around to pray with you. So we're going to sing this last song together. And I just ask that the Holy Spirit, that you'd allow him or ask him to reveal one thing that's on your heart today that he wants to heal. One thing that he has just putting his finger on that you've tried to block it out and he's like, mm-mm. Because he he does it in a loving way, like Jesus loves us. He's not doing it to like, would you get the point? No, this is out of love. That's why he went to the cross. And so we're gonna let the worship team uh, play this song. And so if you could just stand and sing.